to meet me backstage. This is the podcast that celebrates the talented and inspiring people who work behind the scenes in the music industry all around the world. Meet the backstage stars who make the magic happen before the beat drops. Meet me backstage. Photography has changed a lot since I was young. Me and my friends used to take disposable cameras out with us when we went to clubs. You'd snap away and hope for the best, but you never really knew what the pictures were going to turn out like. You'd take the prints in to be developed and collect them a few days later. There was always a lot of anticipation about what the pictures would be. Most of them were out of focus, of course, but they brought back a lot of memories and laughter. As I started working in the music industry, I got to see behind the scenes and a lot of photo shoots and saw the work that went behind making a lot of the photos we see in everyday life. They always say an image can say a thousand words, and I think that's true, particularly with the increase in use of social media now with platforms like Instagram. Photography and images are much more important these days, and you need to get it right. But photography is more than just a skill behind the lens and knowing the technology. You have to have a good eye and you also need to have a good connection with people to get the best results. One photographer that definitely has that down to a fine art is my guest today, Dan Reed, who is one of the UK's leading music photographers. Hi, Dan. How are you doing today? Hey, Nikki. How are you doing? Thanks so much for joining me today. How's your week been? Yeah, it's, it's been all right. It's obviously going through COVID lockdown. It's been quite a challenging time for anyone in our industry at the moment so it's um I'm sort of on week 12 of being at home with my two nine and 11 year old girls which is probably a big challenge in itself (laughs) my wife's still working so it's been a nice time I mean we've been quite lucky with the weather when we've been uh, on lockdown so it's not been too bad it's just been uh yeah just been a bit strange I guess juggling all of your workloads with the homeschooling as well must be a challenge yeah, it is, but um, I work from home anyway, so in a way, so a lot of it hasn't changed too much. I think I, I could probably say the only thing that's changed the most is the, the amount of work that's coming in, because obviously there isn't any at the moment, just due to the fact of all the restrictions. So, I mean, it's, it's getting a little bit better with all the announcements, so I'm hoping that the next few weeks it will make it a lot easier to take some photos and you know, and, and things like that. But in our industry with the with the leisure industry and the and the clubs and, and things like that, it's gonna be a little bit longer to do like sort of events and things like that. So being a photographer, you, that wouldn't be the first industry that people would think would be affected by this situation. But hopefully you'll be able to get outside and do some kind of cool outdoor shots very soon. Yeah, I mean I've got some press shots booked in for artists, which will just be social media, social media, social distancing um, restrictions, you know, two metres and things like that. And with the summer coming up, it's quite nice to shoot on location. And I've got like a sort of a makeshift, you know, studio backdrop. I've got outdoor lights that you can use. So to be honest, I could go anywhere. So that, that's not a problem. It's, um, yeah, and, and things with the clubs and all that, you know, that's not the only thing I photograph. So, you know, you just have to adapt with the situation at the moment and just hope it gets better for everyone, really. Indeed. So it's been that time to get creative. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> so anyway, with your career, I mean, it's taken you around the world. You know, you've shot some of the biggest brand campaigns, artists, live events. So how did it actually all start for you? When did you first pick up a camera? 
Um, I was always into photography as a kid, as in just, you know, I was born in 1975, so um, it was all film cameras and those um, those sort of square flashes. Do you remember those square flashes? That <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. That <laughs> it's going back a long way, <laughs> long time. Right, look, I, I remember my nan using them, so it wasn't like, I, you know, <laughs> I just remember it then. I used to be fascinated by those sort of time. Polaroid back then was very big in the like, late 70s and 80s. And I was always fascinated by, by by seeing stuff and imagery, and I'm I'm really into my movies, imagery and and pictures and, and and things like that. So started getting into photography back probably when I was just the end of my school days, where probably late nineties, late nineties, like late eighties rather, where um every, the electronic scene was sort of starting to blow up. So when I just left school, it was. It was, you know, everyone's going clubbing and I just always like to take my camera with me. And obviously a lot of my friends at the time were like, why are you doing that? Please don't take any photos. But I think back in the day now, looking at the photos from back then, a lot of people sort of thanked me for having my camera then. You know, it was, you know, a point and shoot film camera, you know, but I used to love taking photos at gigs, DJs and just friends and all that, you know, and that sort of just grew and grew to like, oh yeah, I'm really into it. And I, you know, I, and, and I had a friend that um, had a press shoot. He was an artist. He's an artist that was on John Digby's label in Bedrock. And he had a press shoot with a photographer up in London. My friend just said to him, said, oh, my mate's into photography. And, you know, this is just, again, just a point and shoot camera. And he said, oh, get him to give me a call. And that's how it started. I called him up. He was the in-house photographer at Sony Music. And I was his assistant four years, five years, learning the trade. So it was quite organic for you then how you got into yeah, it. So, yeah, you know, college or uni or anything like that. It was just right place, right time. Yeah, quite crazy, actually, when I think about it, because there was so many sort of decisions that I probably could have made that I wouldn't be here sitting talking to you now, if you know what I mean. And yeah, and his name is Chris Lopez, by the way, who I owe most of my career. Oh, amazing. To. Yeah, I know of him. I think yeah, I've worked with yeah. him a few times in the past. Yeah, yeah. So Chris is a good friend of mine and uh, taught me a lot, a lot of things. I think experience and getting to do hands-on things is probably the best thing to get into photography. Yeah, that's lovely to hear because there's quite a lot of talk about mentors or mentorships these days. So yeah, you had yeah. a really early one and there he was that's your really mentor. Well. I did, and, and for that, because I live in Southampton, so, I mean, it was just after the stage where I'd left university, which I did leisure studies, so <laughs> I didn't do, and in, really in travel and tourism, so it was, um, I, I didn't know, really know what I wanted to do, to be honest. I mean, Sony at the time was situated on Great Marble Street in Soho, which was obviously in the late 90s, the, the pinnacle of London, you know, the cool place of London, Soho then. So it was such a great place to load the tray. There was all the labs everywhere and all the, you know, back then it was obviously it's all films. So it was all like medium format cameras. And I went on shoots with like uh, Manic Street Preachers, Macy Gray, you know, things like that around that time, Reef and Travis and, and stuff like that. And it was just an amazing time to see an industry especially back then because obviously it's all digital, but it was such a great, it was a great time. And, it, you know, I was only, I was early 20s. So I was just like looking up, living in Southampton, going up to London all the time. It was just a great time to learn the trade. And I would never, ever, you know, go back on that. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah, that sounds like a great start for you. And obviously, you know, you're very highly regarded in the, in the electronic music scene. So you were kind of in the right place at the right time when that whole scene was booming. Um, and also great that you were there taking pictures to have a record of kind of Clubland over the years so we can look back at the history of that. Yeah, I mean, if you go back to the, like the late, the, the ones that I was talking about back then, I mean, I've been a DJ from early 90s as well. So we used to put on parties in Southampton. So most of that photography back then is... Yeah, 
don't get me wrong, we had some great artists back then. You know, we've got photos of like Sasha in 95 and John Digweed and Paul Oakenfold and Seth Fontaine and Jeremy Healy. It was all around that era, you know, the mid-early 90s. And, you know, and a lot of them was just friends and all that, you know. So, they're, you know, I mean, going back to look at the photos, they're more candid shots more than, you know, big danceful crowd that you'd get nowadays, which obviously, you know, it, it, it has changed with production and everything anyway. But... But yeah, it's it, it helped a lot that I was we were putting parties on and 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 DJing and going to all the clubs and all that. And obviously, I think it helped that I really loved the music, and I always sort of wanted to do it and got to know a lot of the other DJs coming through the sort of younger names that I got my foot in the door with them shooting portraits and press shots because they were coming through and they were getting younger. I mean, I shot James Abila's first ever press shots. And he was like, you know, 18, 19. Nick Fanciulio did his first ever press shoot. Uh, Paul Wolford, all those sort of, Danny Howes and all that, back those. But then, you know, they, they were, you know, sort of up and comers and all that. So it's sort of, you get your foot in the door with those sort of artists and then your portfolio grows sort of thing. So, yeah, it's no, good. No, definitely. I mean, I probably first came aware of you most uh, with the Global Underground series, and you're kind of the shots for that because I worked I, with a lot I, of the artists I, doing that. The guy that, that started that was Dean Belcher, who's a brilliant photographer who did all the, you know, the the classic City album ones, you know, like with um, Sasha, San Francisco, Digweed and, and Ibiza and Paul Oakville, New York. I mean, they were groundbreaking and they, they had a massive influence in my starting off because, again, it was the late 90s, early noughties. That, that that photography was was a massive influence on me, and then I yeah got the chance to shoot a few with um, GU with uh, a lot of the new breed. I did a lot of the new breed relaunch stuff, and then I did some stuff with the Plump DJs and Nick Fanciulli. I've never met Dean, but he was a big influence on me when I was getting into it because of that photography then still is holds up really well. And the same a guy called Chris Davison took over after after Dean and did some of the later ones and again he was a really big help on my career because he was a nice guy that um he's still with us obviously it sounds like he's died but he took over from Dean and again really good photography on on those those albums and yeah th those albums gave me a massive um influence and a massive sort of uh, I don't know it just because uh, uh, at the time the DJs were you know these DJs were sort of pin-ups weren't they to a lot of people there were a lot of <laughs> You know, they were pop stars, weren't they, back then? Yeah. You know what I mean? Pin-ups is the wrong word, but, you know, they were, wasn't, you know. But, but they were pop stars, and, you know, I remember, you know, obviously everyone had flyers and posters on the wall. And in that era, for the mid-'90s, I think it was because it was so popular. And seeing all the, you know, you don't normally, you, you only had Mixmag and a few magazines, there was no internet, but when you got this bit of art, like the, the covers for the GU and all, and things like that, you used to go, oh, that looks wicked, and all the inlays, and I used to buy all the, like, the limited box sets and everything, you know, just to get all the photography inside to look at it and go, oh, that looks wicked. You know, so, yeah, that, like, you know, I was obviously honoured to shoot for GU, but, you know, the guys that came before me were the, the ones, I think, for the forefront of a lot of photography in, in, in DJ photography, for sure. It's great to hear about people who've inspired you and kind of mentored yeah. you as well. So that's always good to hear. No, it's good. And, and you know, they, that, that photography still holds up now. It's really good. And also other places people may have seen your photography is on magazine covers. Now, you're very well known for doing all the DJ magazine covers. So how did that come about? Um, that came about, again, 
just right place, right time. Um, good friend of mine. We used to go to Bedrock on a Thursday night at Heaven from about, it was every month. And I cannot remember how many times we went. But we were, I mean, we travelled up every month on a Thursday. Um, oh, they were mental. There were um, lots of events on school nights then, weren't there? In that, yeah. those heady days of the industry where we all, we'd be out on weeknights up to no good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that was no mental. Um, but I met... Um, the editor of DJ at the time, Leslie Wright, who's still a really good friend of mine. And we were just talking, you know, usual back room, you know, sort of, you know, in the back, everyone chatting and things like that. And I said I was a photographer and um, she said, send me your work. And then from that, she um, gave me my first sort of work, you know, first job. And, and it's been the same since, if you know what I mean. It's been a crazy ride. And, and it's probably one of the most things in my career that I'm most proud of. Because for DJ Mag, I'm, I'm, I'm at the moment, I mean, what we're in, we're in nearly June 2020. And I'm probably on about 46, 47 covers for them. And I'm really proud of that, you know, going back from about 2006. I think I started with them and I've shot. So many different artists, a lot of people that I didn't know at the time and now are big, big, big acts and loads of different genres and, and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a brilliant experience for me shooting for that magazine. Obviously, Leslie left and then was Ben and now there's Carl and with Marty. The team there are just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I, I, you know, I never take it for granted that job because there are not a lot of, um, there's no publications left, Nikki is there. So <laughs> shooting for them to, to still work for a magazine where you can go into a, a news agent's and see it on the shelf is one of the biggest buzzes I could get as a, as a photographer. That's so lovely to hear, Dan. I mean, can you remember the first artist you actually shot when you did, started no, at D-Day? Well, there, were, there were two and it was in the same month. And um, the first one I got was Leslie sent me to Dublin to shoot the, the youngsters, they were called. They were a French techno act. They were really nice. And I remember... <laughs> Turning up at the hotel, I was given the hotel address. Really nervous, man. Really nervous. And uh, I was waiting for an hour. And I was going, where are they? And, and I was in the wrong hotel. <laughs> it was really bad. And I remember just oh. going, oh. and it, it was like, the, it was like the, the name was slightly different. And I was in the wrong hotel. And they were waiting for me. I was going, can't be. I'm in the smallest boutique hotel you can imagine. So, and that, that went all right. And I shot those guys and they were lovely. But I think within that month, I got that. And then we did Miami, I think, for the first time with them, which was mental. And then, you know, just before that, I shot, which, which is mad. My first ever cover was the Chemical Brothers. Um, and I photographed them in Manchester. That's pretty massive. And I was really nervous at that. And I mean, looking back at the cover now, it's all right, but I'd love to do it again. You know, my work's changed. I mean, as a photographer, I'd like to think for me, I've got better and better in the last, like, you know, sort of 20 years I've been a pro. But, you know, looking back on my older covers, they're definitely not as good as they are. You know, and that's just, and, and that's why technology's moved on and the way my eye has and my style and things like that. But it's, it's, it's been such a brilliant ride with that magazine. I, I still love it. You know, it's still great. And obviously when you're doing covers, um, do you get a brief for that or do you get to come up with a concept and be creative? How does that work? I speak to the creative director um, and then we come up with a mood board of what we want to do. Sometimes it might be a very simple portrait. Sometimes we might want to use, I mean, I love shooting on location. So I, I'd like, I always like to shoot somewhere where there's got nice textures in the background or sky or, or I don't know, anything, you know, or we come up with a concept. So it's just down one it's down to the magazine 
what they want to do. They might have had a cool concept with another photographer the edition before, or they might want to do something quite simple, just a black and white, or, you know, sometimes I come up with some mad ideas and, and also it's down to the, um, the artist. So if the artist doesn't want to do something that's quite out there or a bit sort of crazy or, or you know, a bit, then you have to go on what they want to do. If you know what I mean, there's many a times where we've tried something and the artist has not, not said not been into it, but our industry is, you know, they're not all rock and roll stars. There are a lot of timid, shy people in, in electronic music, for, you know, DJs, especially, you know, they're in the studio a lot and stuff like that. So um, you just got to go with it really and, and see what works best for, for everyone involved. This actually brings me on to the other skill of photography I wanted to touch on is obviously people's skills because yeah. taking kind of portraits and being able to put people at ease and have that relationship with people. Not everybody has that and can do that, but you do that really well. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, I think, to be honest, Nikki, I think it, if anyone says anything, I think 80, 85% of it is to do with how close you are with your subject and how you can make them feel at ease whilst photographing them. And again, with in electronic music, that, like I say, I, mo- so many people are very shy about when I photograph them. When they're very, when uh, straight away, especially sort of the the newer guys, the up and comers, they're very not shy is the wrong word, but they're you know they're you know they're oh I don't like my photo taken, I don't know what to do and all that. And I think with me is that you know through experience and just knowing them, and you know and liking the music and knowing the scene and and enjoying the electronic sound and, and stuff like that whatever genre really i think that puts them at ease because you can talk to them before i always like to have a chat with the the artist for at least half an hour before we shoot uh, obviously before we shoot we talk on the phone or, or through email and all that sort of stuff um and just just warm up and just get to know them and keep it nice and fun and and just yeah just keep it real really if you know what i mean and just keep it sort of an, an approachable sort of style with everyone and make it a laugh and all that sort of thing and and that's sort of you know once you've got that you get the real person come through in the images and i think that's really important there's you know it depends who it is obviously sometimes you're doing shoots that have got um you know um hair and makeup and stylists and managers and stuff like that and that makes it a bit tricky but again you know you're um, in charge and you've just got to make the artist feel at ease because sometimes when you're in the bigger shoots it's a lot more daunting for them because they've got more eyes on them so it's just down to it's my job to make them feel at ease in front of the camera well considering uh how most of your pictures turn out dan you've definitely got that down to a fine art thank you <laughs> now you mentioned earlier about you love um, kind of shooting on location so how does that differ from studio shoots and do you get more creativity in that aspect of it um well obviously you're more controlled in studios with lighting i suppose um i do like taking lighting out on you know with battery packs and you know i've been in a ibiza at the top of hills and esfedra with battery packs and <laughs> and stuff like that not on esfedra you know the view opposite you know I just like shooting outside. I do, I do like the studio. I do like it, you know, but I prefer shooting where we can, you know, get out somewhere and find cool locations and colours and, and stuff like that. But again, it varies on the time of year. And the, the, I mean, again, going back to Ibiza, which I've shot in so many times, the time of day, like I did a shoot for 10 Snake and we did, we were up at four o'clock in the morning to get down to, um, I think it was Salinas Beach for um, Sunrise because obviously you get past nine o'clock in the morning over there, the sun's in the wrong place and it's baking hot. So it's all to do with what you're given on, on location, if you know what I mean, and where you scout it and 
you know, and stuff like that. You know, I've, I've been in um, New York on a shoot. And this was going back a few years for a DJ make shoot. And I was a bit naive and got all, brought my light in with me and got in the middle of, oh, what's that station? I was in Central Station or one of those and I got the lights out and all that. And, you know, you get shut down stuff because obviously you need permits and everything everywhere now, you know, you can do it on the fly if you want to do it quickly, but you know, and that, you know, just experience of being naive, you know, and things like that. But um, yeah, I've, I've, I love, I do love lo- the location stuff. You know, it, when I do a lot of press shoots, I like to do both. So we'd sort of start in the studio and then move outside. So that it gives us, you know, for their, for the imagery they use sort of thing. So um, I tr- I'd like to do both when we do a shoot, if that's possible. Oh, that's great. Um, and uh, it's really funny when you said, obviously, you kind of need permits, you didn't know that and you got shut down, you know, when you're on But I guess they're things you're kind of learning as you go along. So I suppose you're always learning those things. Yeah, I mean, now it's a bit different because obviously back then I was like, you know, I was a little bit, again, there was, the internet wasn't massive and you don't see, you're not in like about things. You don't look, you know, you can't really, you know, sort of, I mean, some photography groups that, you know, they tell you about stuff and what permits you need and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just part of knowing things. I mean, even now that, you know, you, you might do a shoot on the sly. Okay, quickly, you know, you know, I mean, London's pretty good, you know, but it's all obviously after nine 11, it's been a little bit more different as well because, you know, I was still an assistant then and it was a bit different, but now, you know, you get a camera out somewhere that might have a bit of security outside or something like that. You do normally get moved along because of that sort of thing now. But I remember after 9-11, it was a lot more, you know, a lot more sort of, there was a lot more sort of scaredness around and sort of paranoia with when cameras were brought out and things like that. So, Yeah, I suppose it's just uh, things you have to deal with as times change and, and adapt. Yeah, 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 completely. So... So you mentioned that you, you've uh, taken photos in Ibiza a lot. Are there any other favourite locations you've been to where you've done some uh, shoots that you really enjoyed or really proud of? Oh, oh God. Um, Ibiza is definitely because obviously there's so much there. Um, I've done shoots in Singapore and uh, Jakarta. That was quite weird. Um, Washington, Miami. I've done loads in Miami. Uh, that was good. Um, South Africa. We've done some work there. Yeah, just loads, loads in Europe, loads and loads in Europe. So it just, yeah, it just varies where I am. Berlin is brilliant as well. Done loads of stuff in Berlin. So yeah, I love it there. So you're missing travelling right now? Um, I am actually. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I get to travel quite a lot with um, certain brands I work with, uh, Pioneer especially, and I am missing it, especially this time of year because obviously, as you know, well, I normally see you. We've just got back from <laughs> IMS. Yes. For the last ten years. Um, and then, you know, then you're leading into other bits like, um, the festival season. I was booked for, to do quite a few of those and I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're going to get out to ADE, but I don't know. I think that was the last uh, place I saw you. I think you were taking pictures yeah, at Awakenings yeah, yeah, with Carl Cox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. ADE, I'm hoping we'll get out there this year. You know, we're a long way from that. We're like June, July, August, five months away. There's a lot can change in five months. So let's hope. I think everyone's keeping their fingers crossed because everyone in the industry just loves getting together and networking because it's such a lovely community to be part of. So everyone's fingers are crossed. I think so as well. And I think with IMS, which is the International Music Summit in Ibiza and uh, they do Malta, I think as well, don't they? But it's normally the kickoff to the, to the sort of conference season and even the it's Ibiza season as well. 
And, totally. Um, and it's small, That it's quite a small festival and it's very um, intimate and I really like it. It's everyone, you know, it's the same people. Not respect, it has grown massively, but, you know, the same faces. There's a lot of the same faces from the last few years and from the last 10 years, 11 years they've been going. And it's just, I love it. It's just a little family vibe and everyone's friendly and, and, and obviously you're in Ibiza, but, you know, this year it's, it's a shame. But I suppose obviously there's nothing going on. So, you know, I mean, it's going to be, it's a weird time. You're so, you're so right. And obviously everyone's doing kind of uh, Zoom calls, uh, kind of, and working digitally right now. But you still can't beat that face-to-face interaction for building those relationships, can you? But you can't do that. And also, from, a, from an artist's point of view as a DJ, for example, is that obviously the live streams are, are going on. But, and I think even those are becoming a little bit of a dying breed, so to speak, because I think there's just so much going on that a lot of people have just, especially the weather now as well, you know, it's amazing, massive. I think even them now, the, it looks like the momentum for them are, are, is slowing down a little bit now, if you know what I mean. I just think people just want to be outside they just want to, want to party <laughs> we want to be with people yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so um you also mentioned that you did a lot of live photography um I, if i'm right i think you've done some for uh, nme and q and other kind of magazines is that right it is yeah, yeah I mean, so I, how did you get into the live kind of side of things as well just just because I just, again right people you just meet right people right time i had a friend that owned a uh, online sort of magazine, live music magazine. I just said, look, oh, can I do some, get me in locally to some gigs? And, uh, and I, I did, that was probably from about 2004, five. And then I didn't do anything for ages. I remember shooting, actually, I remember shooting um, The Killers at um, Miami Music Conference. Now this is going back obviously two five, two six before it got all electronic, it was The Killers that were there. And that was one of the first ones I, I'd done bits before, but then I'd, I'd shot them. And then I remember going to New York to shoot Underworld. They were doing something in Central Park. And that was amazing. And and then I really sort of got into it, started liking the live stuff. And then I just sort of, again, got a, a not great foot in the door job with that. And then started to shoot loads and loads of live, live stuff, which I love doing. I absolutely love doing it. Uh, and I mean, you know, I started doing it with, who, who did I start the first few years of play? Because I, I mostly, if I'm being honest, I mostly cover the South Coast. So I'll do Brighton, Southampton, Portsmouth, Bournemouth. So that's not in the order they are in, in travelling, but, but in, in that sort of thing. And then I'll do the odd bit in London if I can. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on because Brighton, Brighton and, um, and Bournemouth are like those sort of second tier live event of, of arenas. Do you know what I mean? From up from, you know, O2 and all that. They're sort of the uh, local, you know, sort of, sort of ones to that. And I guess and, things um, like The Great Escape. Yeah, I do that. I, do, I love doing the Isle of Wight Festival, Nikki. That's one of my favourites. Um, I've done that for the last three years and it's, it's just a great family festival. I've not done, I've done Reading a couple of times. I've not done Glastonbury, which is mental. I've never been, which is mental. And, um, I'd love to do that, but yeah, the live stuff has been great. You know, I've shot from, who have I done? Oh God, Oasis, Katy Perry, uh, just, uh, Rihanna, um, the Rolling Stones, uh, it's been brilliant. I mean, I love doing it. It's just, it's just, I, I now work for, um, Rex and Shutterstock. So I'm their South Coast live photographer. So I do it. That's, that's why I'm saying I do all those sort of local sort of um, venues. 
so I do a lot of the agency stuff now for them, which has been great. So it gets me into anything I really want to do. So, um, but unfortunately, there's no gig now. So uh, I, the last one I did was Stereophonics, which was really, really close to lockdown. That was one of those things that, I, you know, um, a lot of people said that shouldn't have been on that week, if you know what I mean. And it was rammed as well. So um, that was the last one I did. I mean, some great names that you have there in your photography collection. I'll have to come and uh, check out some of your back catalogue at some point because some of those shots sound amazing. I really want to see them. Yeah, a lot of like, yeah, I'm fortunate. I love it. Like I said before, it's, I love doing live stuff. It's, um, it's a real buzz with it because um, in nine times out of 10 gigs, you get the first three no fun. So there's a real pressure to get what you need in the first three songs. And similar to dance music, you can never rely on the, um, the lighting and the sort of production sometimes. Um, when you've got the bigger acts, obviously, and, you, you know, like the Stones and Rihanna, obviously they're lit beautifully and, you, you know, you've, you've got no worries. But when you're shooting these sort of rock and roll, you know, sort of rock artists or sort of, who did I shoot the other day? Um, uh, grime artist and it was just strobe the whole way through so but you've only got three songs so obviously you've got what you know you can't go oh i've got an hour on this you know so it's um it's a real challenge i love it it's a real big buzz doing live you know you've got the pit we were in the pit with um the other photographers which i've got to know a lot of the a lot of the sort of southern regional guys and everyone's sort of like, you know, so there's a bit of camaraderie in there and it's a bit of a laugh. And, but it's, it's, it's what I love with the live is you've got three, three songs, you know, that's it. You get kicked out after that nine times out of ten. <laughs> and the good thing is you're quite tall. So if you are in the, uh, the photo yeah. pit, at least you'll kind of yeah. rise above some of the other photographers to get that shot. Yeah, I've got a friend in, in Bournemouth who's a lot smaller than me. So I get him to stand in front of me and I use his bald head as my um, like tripod. So I can put on top of his head. So it's quite well. well. So you can come in front of me. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I'm quite tall. Obviously, that can be a bit of a hindrance if the stage is lower and obviously the crowd's right in front of you. So I've had the few, or you get down and all that sort of stuff. And you've got to be a little bit respectful for the, for the crowd behind you. But sometimes you just think, no, I'm here for three songs, mate. I'm going to be, you don't stand in, you don't also stand in the same place all the time. You're constantly, you know, if you've got one of those, if you've got a pop star or something like that, they don't normally stand in one place. They're like from left and right to the stage the whole time. So you're constantly sort of tracking them the whole time anyway. Good way to keep fit then if it's quite dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> It sounds, I love hearing about it too. It's great. Um, so obviously you're quite well established now as a photographer. So how long do you feel it took to kind of get your reputation that obviously all the work now comes into you? So you're established and instead of having to always be on the hustle. And to be honest, can I just say, I think one, and one advice is for that is always be on the hassle because what I've learned is always keep chasing and don't expect it to come to you. And, and don't get me wrong, I do get times of going, oh, you know, come on, why haven't I got any work? And I just thought, think, well, you know, because you got, as we all do as self-employed people, you're never, we'd like to be the same amount of, of busyness as you always, you know, when you've got a busy month, you expect it to be like that the whole time. But you've got to really work at it, and especially in this industry. There's a lot more people coming through, you know, technology's changed, so a lot of the cameras are affordable now where back in the day it wasn't you know you you were you know you were the one with the, the new digital camera you know use this guy because he's got a digital camera nowadays obviously it's all changed and you know the dynamics of the whole 
equipment scene has, has changed. Um, I think for me, it took me a good four or five years, six years to come established. I think after DJ Mag, the, the first, you know, covers started hitting and, and stuff like that, it, it, it started to sort of snowball slot, I would say, but it all, it all varies. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It all goes in fits and starts. You just have to, you just have to keep working at it. I think you can't ever sit on your laurels because there's always someone else behind you. There's always someone coming up. There's some great photographers out there and you've always just got to be, you know, keep going, you know, just don't sit back and think it's all going to come to you because it's not. Good attitude, Dan, and some very it's good... Like, it's true, though, Nikki. It's yeah, true. it's true. It's really, you know what it's like in PR and everything. There's so much, there's so many new people coming through and they're really good as well. And, you know, and you've just got to think, you know, I look at other people's work and... Most artists do this as well, and I was playing with producers, and, and you go, bloody hell, that is good. How did they do that? Wow. <laughs> you know, and it inspires you. you go, right, I'm going to do something, not something like that, but I don't want to do this concept. I like this. Come on, let's get it out there. And I think that's important. It's good to know that you're always looking for new inspiration as well to kind of keep pushing things forward. Definitely. And I know what you mean as well, like, um, you know, when you're self-employed, you've always got to keep your eye out and keep out there. But I think what you were saying about uh, the networking and community, when you have good relationships with people and you're meeting people, that is also a good way to kind of get yourself out there and maintain your brand and your kind of authority on that subject within the industry. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, I guess we're coming on to last question now. We've covered so much, Dan. Uh, I love it when I find out little things I didn't know about you as well, which is really cool. So um, what kind of advice would you give any budding photographers who are looking to get into music? Advice for budding photographers. It's weird because obviously a lot of people I've seen in the past have said, you know, offer your services for free and stuff like that. But that's the way I started, to be honest. I guess it was so different back then too. It was. uh, Do you know what? I, if I was going to say people, what you're going to get people into things and get them into photography, I'd just say get your page up on Facebook. If you can't do a, your own website, just do a good Facebook page. Instagram, obviously, is, is probably as important, or if not, for, the, for especially with the kids coming through and stuff like that. It seems that Instagram is bigger than Facebook now anyway. And just keep at it and just keep shooting. If you, if you were trying to get into the electronic scene, you must must know DJs, young young up and coming DJs that always want they always want photography because obviously they want to push themselves in their field. Similarly, there's probably no different to to being a producer and a DJ. Really, is hook up with someone like that and start shooting in that sort of sense. If you want to choose electronic music, um, go up to your local venues. If there's a local club night that hasn't got a photographer, go in and say, look, you know, sometimes you do have to go in for free to to show what you can do. You know, if you've got nothing to back up your work, nothing to show that you've done anything, then it's obviously you're going to have to, you have to start somewhere. But if you've got, if you've got, you know, some work already on a portfolio, on on an Instagram page, that's a good start. But just keep shooting and keep at it and just, just keep getting your word out there and use your friends and asking them to share things and all that. And then on the other side of it, it's do what I did and then speak to a photographer and say, look, I want to get into portraiture because that's predominantly what I really enjoy doing and say can I come in and and give you a hand 
you know, and just help carry stuff. And you might be the second assistant because they might, you know, I have two sometimes, one that's obviously a bit more technical and someone that's come in that's le- learning the ropes and, and, and just do that. Obviously, if you come from uni and all that, you know, that helps because you know a bit more technical stuff. But again, I didn't know any of that. You know, go for it. Just, you know, if it's a, if it's a weekend you know weekend sort of hobby and it starts off like that I mean that's what it did for me it was it was a few days a week in London and then it, I left my job and I worked in a clothes shop and I, I left my job and just said sod it I'm going to do this and just you know you just go for it follow your dreams it just shows you that if you if you're passionate about something and work hard enough you can make it happen and who knows maybe you'll end up being someone's mentor at some point Dan yeah, yeah, I'd love that. Be great. I mean, I've had I've had quite a few assistants through the years that have done really well, so that's been good. And gone on to do other things. Yeah, love it. Who knows what the future will hold then? Well, look, Dan, thanks so much for chatting to me. It was really great to get an insight into how you started and what you've actually achieved in the industry. Uh, so good learning all those things. And I hope to bump into you somewhere around the world very soon. Definitely, Nikki. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Meet Me Backstage. Make sure you subscribe to meet more backstage stars working behind the scenes in the music industry around the world. Meet Me Backstage.